I'm Aria Schwartz, along with Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. The NCAA tournament was wild, to say the least. Let's just dive in and discuss. show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider that's patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w don't forget our amazing staff has written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com if you're looking for a fun new way to enjoy the w join windsider on playback it's creative new way there's a fun community use the link playback.tv forward slash windsider that's playback.tv forward slash windsider it's a fun way that you don't want to miss and we're back on the windsider show the women's tournament not only stole the the eyes the attention of america but also the headlines rachel um overall we're gonna you know obviously we could talk about this for hours um, you were there. Obviously, I was not. Well, not obviously. I was not there. You were there. We have different perspectives, um, as always. But also, we were. I was sitting on the couch. You were sitting in uh, some probably really uncomfortable plastic seats. What's your reaction to the hoopla? I mean, I don't know. Where do you want to start? I man, it's it's a lot. I was I was flying back yesterday, um, and I was kind of just like, man, it's so. Anyone who's ever done a Final Four, whether you're a coach, whether you're, um, you know, a media member, a fan, I think I speak for everybody when I say it is, it's, it's so much fun. It's so much stimulus. Um, there's a lot going on and it can be a lot. Uh, for me, it serves a lot of purposes because of all the different things that I do in terms of my clients and, you know, the media side of things. And, you know, it, I, I'm, I'm running around crazy basically for four days, but I mean, it was, it was it was a phenomenal atmosphere and it took me, you know, a couple of days just to kind of come down from that high, I guess is the best way I can describe it. Um, it was, I've done a lot of these final fours before. And I think I was telling you, you know, it's like, it's like WNBA all-star, but like on steroids, <laughs> you know, it's the pinnacle of just um, so much excitement. And so I encourage anybody, you know, who hasn't been able to, to be at one to please go. I think next year it's in Cleveland, the following year, Tampa, that's always a great one. And Phoenix is on the list somewhere. I lose track of where they're located, but yeah, I mean, what a, let's start with, I guess, just the tournament overall. I mean, I feel like, you know, March was, March was crazy and, and there were some great upsets. I think the parody in the game, you know, is at a, at a place we've never seen before. Um, I will, I will take, you know, a little pat on my back that I did get the final, the elite eight and the final four correct. Um, I did not get the final two teams competing correct in my bracket, but you know, I, I have to really credit those four teams who made it LSU, South Carolina, you know, Virginia tech, Iowa. I mean, all four very different programs. Um, but man, they showed up and they showed out. Um, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't really don't know where to start. I think that the final four games. Wait, can I ask you something? Yeah, because I, I was thinking about this, and look, obviously, it's the same in any tournament. Whoever you pl- you need to beat the team you play, right? But I, 
I look at it and I think that like this year, and maybe it's true most years, I would say that I paid more attention this year than I have uh, of recent as I were. Um, it's so dependent on who you play, right? Like, For sure. do you see a different team if it wasn't Iowa in that final four matchup taking on South Carolina and beating them? Or was Iowa of those? I mean, you can say any team in in the tournament. I know it's any given day, but like, could you see a different team doing that? What Iowa did and and punching their ticket to the finals. Well, I mean, you can look back at like an Ole Miss, you know, who was one possession away from beating South Carolina, you know, and and South Carolina was for the major- the whole season the most dominant team in the country, you know, and I mean, you play that game ten times. How many times out of that does 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 Iowa pull that out, or does South Carolina win? You know, I I would actually probably say South Carolina holds the edge there for sure. But that's what makes it so fun, right? Like like some people have a tougher route. You know, I think I think you know if you if you look at the the grand you know spectrum of that bracket, anyone who was in South Carolina's side was kind of like, oh man, you know, like dang, <laughs> yeah. you don't want to go through them. I could probably speak for any team on that part of the bracket. I think there were other parts where it was like, man, this is this feels like it's an easier easier path in the bat in the in the olden days, the olden days, back you know a few years ago, it was always man, whoever ended up in UConn's bracket, you were screwed. You know, we're we're not at that time anymore. You know, and um, I don't even clearly, you know, it doesn't even feel like it's it's at that point with any team in the country, and I think that that's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, I, I I think we're at a point now where. I was telling some coaches this over the weekend. You've got to sit there and think, man, like if they do it, like we can do it and and they, we can make it. If they can make a final four, we can make a final four. And yes, you always say that you always believe that as a program, you know, as, and that that's your pitch. That's what you're going to do. I mean, look, Kim Mulkey put it into existence two years ago and actually went out and did it like the true definition of manifesting, uh, you know, what they were going to go do. But I really think there's an overall belief that like, this thing is as wide open as it's ever been to go out and, and make it to that stage, you know, and, and it was really cool to see in particular for me, um, Virginia tech and, and head coach Kenny Brooks. He's a, he's a guy that I really respect from a developmental perspective. He's a guy that, you know, he goes about his business the right way. I always feel like they're over, they're overlooked. Um, they're overlooked in the media. A lot of times I think, you know, um, some might say, oh, that might be a difficult job to recruit to or, you know, but he's done it the right way. He's built a phenomenal program there. He's developed those players. Um, so it was really, really rewarding to see Virginia Virginia Tech in that situation. I think South Carolina, I mean, good Lord, you know, I mean, the just sheer dominance and, and that whole class and what Don has done, I, I, I could go on and on. Uh, everybody agrees. You're, if you don't, you're an idiot, you know, agrees and just what an absolute just powerhouse that South Carolina has become. Iowa, you know, and in, in, in Caitlin Clark and Monica Sonano and, and that supporting cast, like I watched them this season and I was like, man, this, this team really evolved as the season went on. And I, but I was like, man, do they have enough to get it to this point? That to me was the most surprising. Yes. You've got a superstar in Caitlin Clark and that has been shown matter of fact, the last few weeks, the country's on notice of that. If you weren't, if you didn't know about it before you do now. But this, that team earlier on in the season, it was like, man, if if you're not, if Clark Clark's going to get hers, but Sonano, you know, it, she was getting isolated at times. She was getting neutralized. Are there the right pieces around them to kind of make shots and stretch the floor and stretch the defenses the way they need to? That's what I was really impressed with was, you know, Warnock and some of that 
supporting cast of Iowa that played the level that they played at the whole tournament, but obviously that South Carolina game and, you know, the, the national championship game, we'll get to that here in a second and my thoughts on that. But, you know, Iowa really just incredible um, run and Caitlin Clark is just skyrocketed this to this, this thing to a whole new level. And LSU, I mean, holy, I mean, the whole narrative up until literally like two weeks ago was let's just bash South Carolina or, or I'm sorry, LSU for their, their week scheduling. I want to make a point. People don't realize that scheduling happens so far in advance. Everyone was like, man, it's a week schedule. It's a week schedule. They're not really going to be tested. Well, they finally were tested and they played South Carolina, got ran out of the gym. Okay, then they go on, they go in deeper in the SEC, SEC tournament. Okay, they're finally getting tested a little bit. They did have a week non-conference schedule. Um, but that schedule is created long before, you know, a lot of times you know what transfers you're going to get. You know, and I think that that's a point a lot, a lot of people realize was like <laughs> the cupcake schedule. Yeah, but like I don't think there might there, there's a complete possibility that they didn't understand what this that roster was going to look like this year. Because, again, they're doing what they did through the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Day and age of the transfer portal, you can now take a team that won nine games two years ago and go win a national championship, which is exactly what they did, which absolutely is unbelievable. Um, love LSU's energy. Love the whole vibe i mean kim mulkey and the, the outfits i mean it's just a whole just it's a it's a show it's pure entertainment every team was so different it was such a great environment um i, I say just being there on the ground the whole city was painted just women's basketball you know um i actually got a little bit emotional i've never done that before like doing this for so long and in one way shape or form i got a little bit emotional i couldn't believe it looking at that arena and sitting in that arena and um the I wasn't in an un- uncomfortable plastic seat. I was in one, one plastic sheet, but then I got to be in a suite, so I, I felt cool after that. But it was looking, looking around at that arena and just getting chills and like, man, look, look where our game is going. And I think I was texting you about it. I'm like, dude, this is unbelievable. I, I really, truly got emotional over, you know, just all the excitement around our game right now. Well, okay, so you touch on a lot of stuff. One, I know, I'm sorry. No, 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 you're fine. I, I love <laughs> listening to you talk. Um, one, I would say the thing that you said about like if they played ten games or ninety nine games, you know, how many would uh, uh, how many would South Carolina win versus Iowa? I I think I texted you the same thing about LSU versus Iowa. Like from my perspective, obviously a plebeian, a newbie, an idiot when it comes to women's college ba- college basketball. I don't know anything about college basketball. Um, but watching. I've watched some Iowa and I've watched LSU. They've by far been my two favorite teams. This whole obviously bias towards, you know, Midwest teams. <laughs> they put up the Simone Augustus trophy. I said this on the playback during the national championship. And I'll say it again. It seems to me like if you put up a statue of a women's basketball player, you're guaranteed to win a, a, a championship sometime soon. So I would just suggest all teams do it. <laughs> um, but no, I would say the same thing. Like LSU beat Iowa at their own game. I mean, Carson going, what was it? Six for six, uh, five for five from the three point line to start the game. Just in ins- that heat check to end the half. I mean, just an insane showing from from LSU. And, and obviously, like, look, we can't not talk about the refs just yeah. sucking like there, there's no two ways about it. Just they suck. No one's coming to see the rest blow the whistle 45 times. Yeah. They set a NCAA record for the most fall calls in a game. And like, I think it was like 10 more than the last one, right? It, it, just insulting to the players and to the fans. 
and to the sport in my opinion um and to see like so many former refs current refs uh, whatever you want to call it coming out and saying like yeah that was a poorly called game like personally i haven't seen much like that um this was just are we going to talk about the smack talk we have to okay let me just say this let me be abundantly clear i don't know why we're talking about it because like from my perspective first of all talking to everyone everybody continuously tells me how much more smack talk is in the college game than in the w um (laughs) And when you watch Caitlin Clark play, I know a lot of people see that say Diana Taurasi vibes, right? Cool. I, here's my thing. I'm all for the smack talk. It's the mental aspect of the game, right? Even the field in, in whatever way you can find a way to win. Enjoy the game. Celebrate it. One, I think let's not blame these women because you don't blame someone like they didn't invent the wheel. They're just driving in the car, right? How many times on sports center on ESPN on every single local TV channel news channel, are they celebrating Steph Curry for doing the the sleep or some other men's basketball player for doing horrible, horrible things. I mean, I watched the Vikings, right? Uh, Justin Jefferson is a player who's known for doing the gritty, a player. When we, when the Vikings lost in the playoffs, did the gritty right in front of him, after tackling him and, and force it like this is whether or not I like it, it doesn't matter. Right. Cause like this is what sports is. And if we're going to not shame and write negative headlines about the men athletes who are doing it, then why are we doing it for the women? Now that said, I will say, I think there is a slight twist of the narrative. Like to me, Again, I don't think we should be talking about it. To me, if you're comparing what Caitlin Clark did with the You Can't See Me versus Angel Reese, by the way, if anybody knows anything, Angel Reese is my favorite player in college right now because she blocked a shot with her shoe in her hand. Um, <laughs> Would have been cooler if she used the shoe to block her shot, whatever. Um, it's still my favorite. I need to get a poster of it. It is the single favorite greatest moment in college basketball history, in my opinion. Um, wow. Forget everything else. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to piss some people off with that one. It's the greatest thing ever. But my thing is the Angel Reese following Caitlin Clark around doing the You Can't See Me is different than doing it one time and walking away. Do I think that Angel Reese should be shamed for it? No. If you win the ring, do whatever the hell you want. You know, like that's just my take. Do I think that there's a difference? Yes. Do I think either of them should be shamed or there should be any more discussion on it? No, because I think it's bull. Yeah. Excuse my language. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, what was it? Caitlin Clark went out today and was like, "Yeah, I don't think she should be criticized." Like, yeah. And if anyone can take it as much as she can dish it, it's going to be Caitlin Clark. Well, that too, right? That's the aspect people aren't talking about, right? It's, I it's not to, just, yeah, it's but, not just that Clark did it, right? It's right. the fact that Clark does stuff like that, and in the same way that Angel Reese does stuff like that, I would expect if, if I'm about to play a player who does some smack talk, who does some sellies cool. But if I'm winning, I'm going to do them in your face. I, I think it's great. I think it's great. Um, I think you've got a lot of people out there who have not talked about women's basketball. Um, and it's, it's gotten their attention. So one, one thing mm-hmm. or another has, it's gotten people's attention, whether it's mm-hmm. Caitlin Clark, whether it's Angel Reese, whether it's, you know, Virginia tech, whatever it is in this moment in time, people are talking. 
and it's it's a beautiful show. It's it was a, it was a there's the drama, right? No matter who you are, you have a hero, you have a villain. This is what I told you the other day. Mm-hmm. You got a hero, you got a villain. People are 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 have their opinion, whether that's right, wrong, or indifferent, whether that agrees or disagrees. That's the beauty in the game. That's what it's about, you know. So all these people out here who want to criticize or have their opinion, I don't agree with any of it. I love it because I know a player like Caitlin Clark is probably like. She's going to take that and she's going to use that as motivation, you know, to drive her through the rest of this off season and into next year. And like, that's what high level competitors do. Again, these things we've seen it in professional sports at the highest level, any sport, not even not professional, you know, for, forever. I think it's a wonderful thing. Um, I, I think the criticism and, you know, allowing women to express themselves and show emotion and, and just, it's just to me, it's crazy to me when people think that they can like police that. It's absolutely crazy to me. So um, when it comes to that stuff, you know, I, I, I thought it was, you know what, you just won a national championship, you know, talk your talk, do what you got to do, celebrate the way you want to celebrate, let, let these women be their true authentic selves, you know, and, 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 and really the high level elite competitors, like it might get under your skin and you're like, like, damn, I'm hurting in this moment, but like, in another way, you'd, you'd be doing it your own way if the, if the rules were reversed. So, exactly. um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the smack talk stuff, I mean, I haven't really, I mean, I clearly, I see the talk about it, but I haven't really like, I think it's just silly to be honest. It's really, it's just ridiculous. Like, here's the thing. We want more fans what, and you know what? And, and this is what I'll say, right? A lot of people, um, Heck, people on the Windsider staff disagree with me on this. And that's fine. The whole point of, of like, in my perspective at least, is in women's basketball, often we have a lot of copycatters in the sense of, like, one person puts out an opinion, a, a mock draft, a take, or whatever. And a lot of people, either you just get roasted or it's, you know, the herds align behind you and everyone lines up behind you. And to me, like, part of Windsider is also just to, like, grow conversation have debates have arguments because we need different perspectives we need different voices i think it just helps grow the game yeah for so me what? like what no no go ahead sorry finish your thought. oh no i was just gonna say like a lot of people are frustrated with these idiots who have never watched women's basketball before they see caitlin clark you know drop in a 40 stack back-to-back games a 40 triple double cool and now they're like she's the greatest player of all time do I think you're an idiot for saying that after she's playing against college competition? Yes. But you know what? You know what? Welcome them to this community and welcome them to this game. And, shame and you on know you what? You shame on you if you don't. Exactly. We want more fans. We shouldn't be gatekeeping. And furthermore, that's how fandom starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, that's how you got sucked in, Simone Augustus. Exactly. That's how I got sucked in. And now we have a freaking website and a podcast and we're doing stuff that no one's ever done before. Like, to me, it's just like, I don't judge you on what got you in the door. I judge you how you behave after you're in the door. And right now, all those people, I view them as like, they just walked in the bar and they're looking around. Totally, totally. And I, I cannot tell you the amount of I was sitting there watching the, the final four games and I'm getting all these text messages and it just made me laugh. I actually tweeted something like to everyone texting me, yes, I'm watching, I'm here. <laughs> but it was funny because I'm talking about like my sister, my fiance, my distant cousin, my friend who lives across the country in South Carolina, you know, someone's mom from high school hit me up. Oh my gosh, Rachel, do you see this? Do you, do you see this player? What's going on? This is so cool. They have no idea, you know, what's going on, but they're so excited. I have never, 
I've not poured my heart and soul into this game since the moment I, I had a chance to. On one way, shape, or form, I've never had that much, that many people come to me personally and just, hey, like, this is so exciting. Like, what, what can you tell me about this? Are you there? This is, you know, and that was, that, that was the part that made me emotional leaving was because, um, you know, I had someone reach out, a, a guy friend of mine who lives out east. He was like, you know, you're the reason, you know, I, I got into women's basketball and, and now I'm a basketball junkie. And he's like talking to me about the game and his opinion. And he's upset about certain things, but excited about other things. I'm like, that's what it's about. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what it's about. I think we have to keep a big, big picture perspective on it. Um, I think there were a lot of, a lot of growth, a lot of um, the, the, the women's NCAA tournament has been on a rise every year. I mean, we could look back at the Morgan Williams shot that beat UConn. We could look at Enrique's shots. I mean, the last few years, you can go down the stretch. I mean, the, the, the dominance of South Carolina, the, 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 the parody, the changes that we've seen, and this just took it to a whole new level. And a lot of that is Angel Reese. A lot of that is Caitlin Clark. You know, a lot of it is a lot of these teams were not necessarily expected to be in this moment. Um, and that's awesome. I would prefer to talk about the refereeing <laughs> because I think to me – that was the part where I, I left that arena that day to go catch my flight and I was sick to my stomach, not because I feel like the refereeing altered the outcome of the game. LSU was phenomenal. They were brilliant. They shot 19% from the three-point line in the NCAA tournament up until that point. They were shooting 75% at halftime. You know, they're, they're banking in threes at the buzzer. I mean, it was the, the energy from their bench, I mean, primed and prepped and ready for that moment. They were phenomenal. And in the moment, you know, Clark and Sonano picked up four fouls. I was like, it's over. It's absolutely over. But I will say I was sitting there before the game and I looked down, I go, I don't recognize a lot of these reps. Like we were always sitting with a bunch of coaches and I was kind of like, I don't know who that is. And no one else did either, but it was a lot of big 10 ACC coaches. And, um, that's the part that I, I felt sick to my stomach with because you have to protect the product. I feel like um, they didn't, you know, and again, I am not a big just bash the refs because that's, it's, it's easy to do, but my God, you know, they're clearly, there's, I've never, there's never seen the outcry that we've seen right now to not have the superstars on the floor <laughs> to play that game, especially that second half out the way we all hoped it could have been played out. I think was the biggest disappointment because you did peak at 12 million viewers for that game. And I would say a lot of people, a lot of people like early in that fourth were like, yeah, we're out, you know, like we're out because you didn't have, you didn't protect the product. Sonano should not have been called for that moving screen. That's a terrible call. The Caitlin Clark technical. I, I, why, why make that call? Even on the other side too, that angel Reese, uh, like strip, yeah, the that, strip kick, whatever you want to call it. Yes. That was not a like, and, and you could even talk about Kim Mulkey halfway out on the middle of the floor for the entire game. You know, like there was just Lisa Bluter came out and said, I just feel like I couldn't, I couldn't talk to them. No one would listen to me. So, you know, again, LSU won the game. There's no question about that. They were going to win that game. They were the best team on the floor. I just wish, I wish that we could have seen that game at its full potential. Um, you know, where you weren't battling with some of those things that just felt like we're, 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 in over their head, you know, and, and I think you have got to, you've got to bring in people who have ref those teams before, who are, who are familiar with the SEC, who are, you know, familiar with the Big Ten, two of the most physical conferences. But also, also, like, I've I think you have to D mix Cantor. it in. I never missed D. Cantor more in my life than that game. <laughs> I was going to, well, I definitely 
<laughs> I, was, I was having WNBA PTSD watching the game. Um, I mean, look, I think in general, women's basketball is called inaccurately in the sense of how many times do we see players get texts for showing emotion? How many times, like, do we see large players uh, just be refereed in a bad way? Like the Brittany Grinders, the Sylvia Fowles, the Liz Cambages. Sure. We see so many players who just, because they're they're physically dominant and other players don't have that same physicality in them, they get punished for it. And I completely agree with you, but I also think that you need refs who have refereed in a big game like that too. Cause it's not just knowing the teams. It's also knowing that moment. And I, and I kept saying this cause we were on playback for it. And like the whole first half, I was like, well, the second half is going to be a shit show because these referees are going to have to know that you have to just let the top players play and they're all going to already basically be fouled out. So what are you going to do? Are you going to be the ref who, who removes Caitlin Clark or Angel Reese from the game? Yeah, I, I definitely feel like, yeah, it it was just, it just, I hate that Sonano went out that way. Um, I hate that there was, there, there seemed to be a clear disconnect from the sheer physicality of the game they were going to walk into. You know, and the SEC is different. It is different. And, um, you know, the physicality and the power of that game, same thing with the Big Ten. Like, I just don't I, – I'm still – I'm trying to do a lot of research of kind of, um, you know, where and who those refs typically are, 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 are working on. But, man, I just, I just walked out of the arena, and I'm like, man, I, I really – I feel like it was a missed opportunity. But then I had to check myself and say, at the end of the day, the storylines were still there. The drama was still there. The excitement and the hype was still there. You know, the sour taste in Iowa's mouth is still going to be there next year. The hype. I mean, what LSU has done, what Kim Mulkey, regardless of what you think of her, has done is unbelievable. And what those players have come in through the transfer portal, you know, as, as even the young players and freshmen, Angel Reese, and what she's bringing to the floor. I mean, she was absolutely dominant on the glass. Absolutely dominant. I mean, what a phenomenal year. Um Carson to, 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 to knock down shots at the biggest stage, the shot making ability and the world's highest stage. Unbelievable what LSU was able to do. I just you know, the, the, the storylines were there. The excitement was there. The drama was there. Um, you know, and I think you, we did grab a lot of fans and I think everybody left that arena. I mean, it was a sea out there, sea of purple and gold, uh, you know, yellow and black. Um, and it just, it really leaves me encouraged, you know, where, where we are today, April, 2023 of where this game is going. It really does. Two things. Well, three things. One, this was supposed to be a ten minute episode. We're supposed to be on three <laughs> you minutes. know, I can't. So, uh, no, no, I me too. We, we we love to hear ourselves talk. We love we love to listen to each other talk. Um, the other thing I loved there was a post game moment. Obviously, I'm going to plug this. It's LSU. Simone Augustus was there, and there was a really really special moment where she's getting interviewed, talking about what this means to her. And out of the blue, runs up Angel Reese and just jumps on her, gives her a big hug. See, that's and they have that. I didn't get to see being there, you know. Like that's they like, had a really, really special moment. Angel Reese kept saying, "This is for you. You laid the groundwork. Yeah. I did this for you." Yeah. And to see that, and to see Simone get so emotional because, and Simone said it, and I'll just you know give a, a rough quote of what she said, which was like, "For her in her moment, right? She won the national championship, but to then take a pause and run over to me, an old head alumni, and and give me." that moment was so meaningful for her. Um, and I know Angel Reese, like I fell in love 
bluntly with Angel Reese because of hearing her talk about when the statue unveiling was going on, hearing her talk about the importance of the greats who came before her. And obviously I'm biased. I love Syl, I love Simone. Um, the other thing that, and as, as I'm like thinking this out in my head, I, I kind of get it because college players move on so quickly, right? It's just four years or I guess in this day and age, five years, maybe. Um, I cannot wait for that to be gone, done. Um, <laughs> but so like for me, I get why coaches are such a big deal, right? Like we know, I'm not trying to downplay what coaches do, but I have noticed, and I've texted you about this multiple times, Rachel, it feels like there's a little bit too much coach attention, especially this past season. But I would say even before that, because Gino, everyone talks about Gino. We'll talk about the players, right? Like everyone's talking about Don Staley. Don Staley, amazing coach, what she has done. I'm not trying to take away, away from that at all, but it almost feels like, Sometimes the players get lumped into the coach and sometimes it's a positive with Don Staley and South Carolina playing amazing. And then people going, Oh, everyone on this team is a first round draft pick. And then on the flip side of it, because the masses don't like to like Kim because of her politics. Um, and look, say whatever you want. She's one of the top coaches in college. And a lot of people then punish the players for it. And so I think it's, it's a double-edged sword. And sometimes we just need to take, the the players and give them the respect they deserve because what these LSU players did and I'm not again not trying to take away with the coaching schematics and all that but like what these LSU players did to win that championship was amazing and mind-blowing well and yes like yes Kim's the orchestrator she brings it in they take on you know certain elements of her fiery you know personality and who she is same thing with Dawn same thing with any any leader right the leadership we can talk about the coaches but I agree let's talk about the players because at the end of the day you're having players coming in you know you're not building a program now for four years you know like you're coming you're having you're having players coming in from different programs who are having to learn a new system really quickly who are having to buy into that system. That's a big word in the coaching world, buy-in. Are you buying into what X coach is asking this team to do? And then buy into the vision, buy into that, that, that edge, buy into that, you know, characteristics and in, in, in aura that, you know, they're asking this team to adopt and then go out on the court together and, and execute in the way that you're being asked to. Not one, not one coach has ever hit a shot to win a game. You know, not one coach has ever gone out there and, and made a huge defensive stop or anything like that. So, like, yes, I mean, it's, it's, it's really remarkable to me to see what LSU in particular. I mean, really, and, and you could talk, I could talk about any team in the country, anyone in that NCAA tournament, I could say this. But, you know, to go out there and to buy into what their, their coaches are asking them to do, to buy into each other, to trust each other, to build that chemistry, to do it the right way, invest in each other and make those plays, make those shots at such a high level, you know, and, and yeah, like they're the ones out there doing it. They should get way more praise than what they get a lot of times as, as a collective whole, you know, as a collective whole. I mean, the players are the ones out there doing it. They're doing the work. So, I mean, it's hard for me to sit here and be like, they're not mutually exclusive. They're like, one doesn't exist without the other. You have to talk mm-hmm. about it all. But, um, you know, I, I understand what you're trying to say. You get me. I get well. I get it. Thanks for this chat. We got a cool <laughs> new episode. Drop in. I do. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out. I feel like being there on the ground, there was a really good job by the Dallas Wings in particular for you know embracing the fact that their host city was holding a Final Four. They had they had a really nice event where they invited a lot of really cool people 
Um, A lot of players, a lot of other WNBA teams and coaches and GMs. And I mean, I just think as a whole, not even just the party they held, but just as a whole, I think Dallas did a really good job of embracing the final four and and being, being present at the final four. And, um, you know, again, like we talk about these, these, these moments and bridging the gap between the collegiate game and and the women in the WNBA. And I thought, I thought they did a phenomenal job with that snaps for them well thank you so much we got another episode coming out later this week uh with a wmba head coach there we go you'll have to wait to figure out uh, maybe maybe rachel will drop one of her emoji hints i haven't done those uh, in a while I haven't done those in maybe a while. maybe <laughs> well all right rachel we'll chat always good